once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to the CGI podcast, the Curtis and Gaia Go Insane podcast, where we talk to a special guest every few days, every week, sometimes every two weeks, uh, but we talk about a track on our upcoming compilation, which is the C-Squared Underground Music special, today's special guest, we have John Sinistema, I hope I pronounced that right, did I pronounce it right? Perfect, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we're going to turn everything over to Gaia. Gaia's going to take over and grill the heck out of Jonathan about <laughs> the upcoming track on our compilation. So uh, hi, Jonathan. Really nice to, I was going to say meet you like we've known each other for a long time, so I won't say that. Uh, but I just realized I've been mispronouncing your project for like this, this entire time. I was saying it's Sinestema. Yeah, yeah. Or is it Sinestema? Or like... oh, both are okay, actually. Sinestema, Sinestema. I mean... It's the same, right? Yeah, we just put like the, the French twist on it. <laughs> but uh, I'm super excited to have you today. I'll, I have a lot of questions for you. I'm going to start with uh, my first one. Um, like, I know you're a visual artist and like it took me years to learn that you're also a musician. And like we, I, I bought your album and like the music is like something that I was not expecting. It's very, um, very electronic, very like, dancey almost sometimes and I really loved it and I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about the story and like how you that project came up and what's your sort your um your background as a musician yeah yeah sure um yeah I guess for someone who's been following me as a visual artist I do mostly paintings uh the music is quite surprising because it's like not the same universe um my, yeah the music is based on my love for EDM, techno, trance, mainly progressive trance, but all the genres, the drum and bass, dubstep, all these electronic music I've been listening to for so long. And it's really the type of music that I enjoy the most. And I've been enjoying it since I'm a little, little kid. So I think I was always playing with music. I have a background in classical piano uh, that I also enjoy classical music, but not as much, but you know, enjoy it and um, eventually I don't know as growing I think I felt like I wanted to try everything in arts I like every art so at school trying to decide what I wanted to do eventually I went to drawing and visual arts and I really enjoyed it um, but on the side I was doing music and now that I finished my master's degree in visual arts I had the time to you know just plunge back into music, explore new avenues of creation. And I've been having the best fun since. It's like amazing. Uh, yeah, even sadly, the painting has been a bit less active these days because all my intention is always on focusing on the music. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's all about the EDM love, love for electronic music, synthesizers. I find it just amazing how you can use a laptop and create almost anything you want with it that just fascinates me and it's accessible to everybody I don't have lots of money so I mean it's perfect you know to start somewhere even if you have like amazing ideas 
with electronic music, you can make them come to be without having been uh, limited by uh, resources, let's say. Mm -hmm. Did you um, did you find it like kind of hard to juggle being a visual artist and like also having your your music? Um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of finding it harder now that I'm more serious into music. So uh, since like I finished my master's degree, I've launched my debut album that came out in November uh, last year, 2020. And um, since then, I've been really focused on music, making more new music, learning uh, and growing on social media, which is a huge part of the music business, but uh, that I really enjoy as well. Now it's getting hard because now I'm struggling to put all that energy into music. I mean, you guys know it. Music is a full time job and even it's a more than one person job. There's so many facets. Um, so doing that, plus having day jobs so I can have money <laughs> and then do I have time for visual arts painting um, sometimes I'm tired to do visual arts sometimes it will take the toll let's say these days but I think it cycles in life you know sometimes you can be more focused on one project and then you can shift your attention I'm just going with the flow going with whatever I feel what feels right and what feels uh, yeah what feels right so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, another question for you, um, because when you told me about your, um, your, your debut album, like I was expecting you to do the visual. And then you told me that you hired someone else. I was like, what? <laughs> that really surprised me because I was like, you're such an amazing artist. For those that you that doesn't know, but like um, Jonathan has made my uh, cover album for like my, my own projects, but also for my, my band made like both covers uh, and like we've worked a lot on uh, multiple like releases together and like when you told me that you chose to go with another artist to do your um your artwork I was very surprised because like I I know you could have done a good job by yourself and I was kind of like wondering why you made that choice mm -hmm. well I betrayed myself as an artist no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> no actually actually I I just that you know, I have the, okay, so the visual art, the concept art that I do for illustration work, because I do, you know, painting with oil painting, that work is very like, um, it, it's, I have a very like a kind of a specific signature that's not really <laughs> appropriate to like anything, I would say. So my concept <laughs> art, I do, yeah, she's laughing because, you know, I do like porn art, a little a bit of sacred art. It's very in the flesh, nudes. Um, yeah, it's my fantasy. <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of like those really old paintings, but it's more, um, not more in your face, that's what I want to say. Yeah. But it's more like intense. Like you would see like yeah. Renaissance kind of uh, heart, but like more modern in some, some, some points. But yeah, your heart is like very, it surprised me the first time I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I really like that Renaissance inspiration, but very modern and contemporary. Um, yeah, but I also do enjoy doing the concept art, like for your album, for Uriel, and for this compilation. Um, which is just another type of illustration that's more like on the computer, a bit more colorful. Um, but I, I, I find myself a bit limited in what I can do visually 
and with my music, which is very electronic science fiction, it's very, uh, it's not very organic. Yes, it's very emotional and melodious, but it's, I, I wanted to have like that sleek sci-fi aesthetic that I'm a bit messy in visual arts. My visual art is, is a bit like not that clean, which is the quality, but for that music, I wanted something, you know, very sleek. I wanted uh, 3D art specifically as well. And I, I don't have any experience in 3D art. And so it was a good opportunity to actually um, hire an artist, encourage the work of an artist. So pay the artist. I made the crowdfund campaign mostly to pay for that artist. And doing so, I have the privilege of someone uh, uh, other than me listening to my music, uh, getting to imagine the, the feeling and create a visual. So it's like the vision of another artist on my music. And that I find really fun when universes of artists collide together. So I, I thought it was really uh, interesting to have that. And I thought it would be also interesting to, you know, have, um, you know, when you collaborate with people, you kind of want to bring your fans to them and they bring your fans to you. There's a little bit of a crossover that can happen. So also strategically done to um, get that as well. So to get out there a little bit more, because when you do everything yourself, you get, you can get just closed in in your small circle. But I really wanted to go out of my circle. So reaching out to other artists was a step for that. And I, I, I think I could never have done anything as amazing as my cover, the cover that Baka Arts made for my first album that I absolutely love. And it's really not my style that I can do, but it's completely my style and what I love to, to see. It's an amazing cover. I don't know if you, Curtis, you, you saw it, but it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I have seen it. I have seen it. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I have another question. No. <laughs> I want to follow up. I want to follow up though. Okay, follow okay, up. okay, okay. I, I, I'm letting you have like one follow up. <laughs> so, um, Jonathan, it's just, it's kind of tying back to the art and the cover and stuff like that. So, like you kind of said, like your uh, personal art is more um, explicit, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, so, do you kind of, so you're trying to kind of separate out the music from your own personal art and have it be a completely separate thing, correct? Yeah, um, not because I want them to be preserved from each other or, or actually separated. It's just, yeah. I don't see the link between the two yet. Uh, well, so okay. far the music I've made is not thought in the same universe. It's part of yeah. me, but it's just, it's just another part of me, I guess, yeah. Fair enough. That's all. That's all I want to know, guys. Yeah. Eventually, it might come together. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think I have more maturing to do in the music side before Fair. being able to uh, make, mash up the two. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. My question was um, because we, you said about the crowdfunding, and I know that when you were like working on your uh, debut album, we did the crowdfunding. I did mine and yours like around the same time. Yeah. and um like i remember like you did really really well with yours and like you had like uh, a lot of updates and you had like a lot of teaser and um i was kind of wondering um how people reacted to you having like a crowdfunding because it was like a new project and i don't know if a lot of your friends or like your family had, had heard of your music before 
Uh, no, um, actually, no, that's that's the thing. It was completely new for everybody. It was new for me and especially new for the others. So I thought the crowdfund campaign was a perfect way to uh, make like a special announcement like, hey, I'm making music. Uh, here's what it can sound like. Here's what it sounds like so far. Here's what it's going to be. Uh, if you want to encourage me, let's go buy my album in advance. It's like a pre-ordering campaign, you know. And it was, it went really well because um, the, my family and friends, you know, they were very supportive and they were actually delighted to see that I was going into another artistic project and it, that it sounded good also. So they kind of went on, hopped on the train as well. And it made like the foundation so I could just do the album without, uh, without you know, ruining or putting myself in a too uh, financial difficult place and really say, I can do music as well. And it worked because now uh, my circle knows me as someone who does music as well as painting, not just one of the two. And what, did, what do you think helped you be so successful with your, your crowdfunding? What was like the main thing that you feel that really helped uh, the crowd crowdfunding be uh, successful? Mm -hmm. um, well, to put more into context for, you know, people who are listening, uh, the crowdfund campaign went really well considering the, the context of the project, but, you know, it, it was not like a huge uh, goal. That, that's, that's, I think, what worked as well, is that I didn't put a huge goal, like, oh, let's get $10,000 $5,000, let's raise a huge amount of money for a project that I'm just starting. So the goal was very, very uh, restrained. It was really adapted to a very specific uh, expenses, like the artist, you know, the visual art and the printing of the album. So that made the goal very um, attainable. So when people saw that, they, I think it made, encourage them to, you know, uh, uh, give because you can see when the goal is smaller, it's reachable. People, I think, are more attracted to help a little bit. And once I, at first, I put like a $600 goal and it, like, I got to it in like the first weeks, one, two weeks. So then what I did is I made subsequent goals, like $800. So that way, like, there's a, an adjustment that's being done. And with that new goal, there are new perks that are being unlocked for people who, so people who already donated get something more if we get to that goal. And I think that really helped. So it was really a lot of messaging, private messaging, direct messaging to everybody one-on-one -on -one, um, saying to them, hey, I'm making my album, I'm raising money. So, you know, that way it was um, a more personable approach than just, posting it online and just saying, here it is and nothing else, as well as posting updates, regular frequent updates was a way to really keep, the, keep that alive mm -hmm. and um, asking people to share it. That really helped a lot as well. You were also doing a live stream on Facebook, if I remember correctly. Uh, live streams, the live streams were actually when the album was finished, when I was doing mm -hmm. a walkthrough. Like I was listening oh, yeah. to the tracks and commenting, saying like the background. So that was after. It was a way of doing something for the album release. Okay, okay. Um, Curtis, do you have any questions? Um, 
I think you already asked my question, but let me just think for a brief second here. So, oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you. So um, you had mentioned before about um, most people around you kind of, or in your circle, I think you said it was, it was the exact wording, uh, mainly know you for your music now versus your art. Um, so is that something you want to continue with have people mainly know you, know you as a musician instead of an artist, or do you not care? Um, actually, for now, they know me as both, not both. more okay. as a musician than a visual artist, because, um, you know, the visual artist thing has been going for a long time. I did a master's. It was, you know, a big thing. Um, yeah. So it will stick for a long time. And I'm, it's still sticking because, you know, I have, I teach art as well. So, you know, my visual art is still alive in that sense. I meet a lot of new people that way. Yeah. Um, but I would say like in the future, um, what I would want is not one to take over uh, another. It's that if someone sees my visual arts, sees like stumbles upon me and sees my visual arts and really likes it, that they can access that visual art and be free to just enjoy that. And if somebody really likes my music, but not the visual arts, that they can just fully immerse themselves in the music and enjoy that. So ideally, both of them are just there. They're just part of my creative outlets. Fair. And I guess it, they're very different. So they now that I'm growing on social media, they're attracting very different types of people. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they do cross over, but not, not a lot. But I find that actually great. I mean, um, the music will attract who it's supposed to attract and the visual arts will do the same. And I think it, each of them will grow respectively according to the amount of energy I'm putting in it. So I agree. We'll yeah. see if I continue on that beat, you know, really focusing a little bit more, no, quite more on music. Yep. Um, the music part will take more space. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, I'll be fine oh, with that. Cool. I got one more guy that I want to ask Jonathan about. So um, you got, with the musical end of things, you have a huge connection, at least it seems to me, like more to metal and rock-based people than you do to like EDM-based people. Yeah. Now, is that, how are, how are you gonna grow, how are you growing your fan base when you're primary, like you got us, for example, I noticed you, you did a stream with Hair Knox. Um, I think you were promoting Alpha Buddhist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you got that, so how are you growing as an electronic guy because mm -hmm. it does kind of overlap, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, when you start, you start really with your family and then friends. Yeah. And I have lots of friends in the metal scene. Yes. Yeah. It just happened. And yeah. I mean, we're all like indie artists. So we understand each other very well, like with Gaia. Um, yeah. Like what? what we do, even if Gaia now is, is a lot in electronic music as well. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, every kind of support is valuable and equal. So, I mean, I'm really happy to have all that, all these people that follow me and that I follow them that are from the metal scene, because yep. it allows me to stay open to other genres. And I, and I quite enjoy heavy metal as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to, you know, be following that. And for sure, like, I'm a bit, um, it, I mean, I think eventually what, what's, what I'm working on now is that 
I'm trying also to grow that reach towards more electronic music and synth wave and ritual wave people. So now that you know I'm I have planted seeds in some aspects, I'm trying to plant other seeds in other genres that are more uh, according to my genre, but that I haven't touched much just because I don't know I don't know many people who are working in this genre. But okay. it's starting slowly, slowly, it's starting to spread. So yeah. I'm quite excited about that. But I once I get, you know, my on the EDM fans, I'm not gonna go, all right, fuck off the metal fans. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean I love all of them equally. So I'm just happy to have a bunch of different people. Yeah, it's just interesting because Gaia had mentioned to me the overlap and I never really thought about it because we were looking at the conversation um, and it was like, there's a lot of non-metal but metal associated people like even Gaia on there and Lindsay's, Lindsay's song isn't at all metal. Um, but anyways, I just thought it was interesting. Gaia, back to you. Yeah, uh, well, I have like uh, two questions. First, um, did you feel that doing the switch from like being a visual artist to like being a musician, that the experience that you had as a visual artist, like on social media, um, kind of like translated to uh, being a musician online? <laughs> you mean like the, the social media aspect of the, the work? Yeah, did you feel like it was kind of very different or it has like, kind of like similar aspect to it? Um, I, I, it's funny because they have very similar, very, very, very similar aspects, but I'm learning it now for visual arts from the work I'm doing in music. So what, what happened is that I went to school to do my visual arts, my bachelor and my master's. So I wasn't focusing on social media. I was focusing mm -hmm. on studies and I had really lots of contacts from the school, the teachers, the students, the, in, the invites, everybody from there. So I didn't have any need or desire to really pursue like social media PR, the aspect, that aspect. So I was a bit lazy on that part because I was so, but I was also so focused on the grades and really doing a great job at school. Now with the music, since you know, my social media for visual arts has grown with many years and for just posting what I was actually doing, it grew. But for music, I was starting from nothing. So I was like, I have to put really the effort in it. So I really put the effort. I tried to learn what are the etiquettes? What, what are you supposed to do on social media? How to do organic growth? By uh, following you guys also a lot. And I learned, everything I learned was when focusing on cinestima and not my visual arts. So now that sometimes I'm posting on visual arts, I think a lot about, oh yeah, I could do that and that and that and that if I wanted to grow a lot. Now it's not on the growth mode, I would say, but it gave me a lot of insight on what I could do. So I did not learn from visual arts. I learned it from the music aspect of it. So next time you're going to be able like, to take all the experience that you got from music and like use it in um, visual art. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I did that um, a little bit. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it actually worked. I made like a sale and uh, a sale from my studio and I applied, I did it more techniques that I would use for synesthema and it worked really well. So now I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like everything that we we're like teaching or like learning from um, social media when you're like doing sales, it translates to like any kind of um, thing that you want to sell. Like if you want to sell a book or if you want to sell like a painting or if you want to sell an album, I feel like it's it's always kind of the same, but just like a little bit different. Like it just adapts. Um, okay, so um, my other question for you, it's uh, we were been talking about like experience as an artist and like as a visual artist, but we didn't really talk about the song that's gonna be a compilation. So I kind of want to go over the song. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the song? Yes, so the song that I have uh, on the compilation is called Apollo's Voyage. It was part of my first album, but it's not on the official album. It's on, it's a bonus track that uh, only the people who bought the physical album, which was the, uh, which is, there still are some copies, uh, limited edition, have access to the song. So the song is not on Spotify, it's not on YouTube, it's not on Deezer and all of that. Uh, so um, that, compilation really like showcases a song that hasn't been heard a lot uh, only by I would say the starlings my my starlings fan who uh, supported me buying the album so I'm actually pretty excited to see that song just coming back it was actually the last song I created for the album when I was uh, writing the songs so it's um it's more different than the other songs I was experimenting more I was playing more in the sounds um there's more rhythm inside. I explored more, like a more interesting rhythm, a little bit of Middle Eastern influence, just a little bit, like just to have that flair of mystery or if it's a bit more a darker side, but it's also very light because uh, it switches around. Like I always like putting lots of variations in the songs. So yeah, I'm actually really excited for people to hear that. And I think it's... Um, it's, it's a more mysterious side, I think could please uh, the people who are more used to metal in a sense, but uh, it finishes very happy. So let's see how it will like um, switch. <laughs> it might surprise some people. <laughs> do you have any questions, Curtis? Um, I do. Um, so <laughs> now, how do I want to say this here? So tomorrow, we are, well, it's kind of a question. It's kind of a statement to kind of both of you guys. But um, so tomorrow we're releasing the first single from the compilation, which is going to be Gaia's song with Lindsay and it's called I Didn't Break. And uh, so tomorrow is going to be the first time that, that many people will be learning about the compilation. And um, what, how are you going to be utilizing tomorrow's promotion in order to promote Sinistema, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That is a great, great question. Thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, any kind of um, promotion, I mean, I mean, I don't know if I would do it like the absolute correct way, but what I want to do is to just uh, promote everything that comes out from the compilation that the promo campaign that until it's released will be passed through Sinestima as well. Cool. But not, uh, I don't want to be every time like pushing like, oh, but it's me inside. I made the artwork like me, me, me. I mean, <laughs> sharing and letting the, the space, utilizing our platforms to really promote other artists, I think is just so much fun and great and just 
yeah, really fun. So I'm actually just happy to be, you know, bouncing back on things we'll be posting, um, probably doing like some screen caps uh, if I can, you know, just, you know, to redo the, the posts, always tag on all the different platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm not yet on TikTok still, but um, it would be one if I would be on TikTok. So yeah, playing on that. Um, and I think I will inspire myself a lot about what you guys are going to do because I'm watching always what you're doing and I'm taking notes. Scoopy. <laughs> I'm, I'm watch. watching you. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> so so uh, did we mention yet on this interview that Jonathan did the art? I'm just trying to think. Did we mention that he did the art? Uh, yeah, we did. I know we he, mentioned he mentioned it. He mentioned it. Not us. Because no, no. But, <laughs> really? didn't even talk about you doing the artwork on this and we, we've had you for like the last 20 minutes and I just went wait a minute we haven't even mentioned that he did the art um, yeah we should probably talk about that for a second because I just realized yeah. we didn't say anything we've mentioned it many times but just not today um Gaia why don't you ask him about the art uh what was the inspiration because I know that we gave you like blank and like just do whatever you feel like doing and like you didn't yeah. hear any of the song that we're going to be like on the the compilation now when you started working on the artwork because i got the song way later and i don't think you have you haven't heard anything on the compilation so far no i don't think i've been hearing a little bit about different wait, songs wait 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 he didn't give you her song you didn't give him your song you fucking no? didn't give <laughs> she really wanted the carte blanche. She really wanted it's a surprise. Anyway, do you know she hid that song for me? Her and Lindsay hid that song for me for a fucking year almost. I did, and they're both they hid it for me. Anyway, these guys are awful. I thought, I thought you had it. You guys are awful. You don't give the artist the fucking song, you don't give me the fucking song. Like, sorry, Jonathan, I give her, give her shit for that. <laughs> that's well, awesome i mean it it worked out i think in the end <laughs> anyway so but yeah she's secretive about you know the songs and all that but you know i've yeah. got to listen to the other bands just to get a, a general feeling but i knew that uh the album the compilation is very eclectic so it would be like super hard to pinpoint a specific atmosphere, a specific influence. So I just thought about doing, I don't know, just doing something that would please metal people. So something a bit gritty, a bit dark, a little bit gruesome that I also enjoy a lot doing. Um, and yeah, so I wanted something that would be like general. So I thought about a person, like just, a person that you can easily like I don't know a person on a cover album is more attractive than just a landscape or just an object yeah so holding the vinyl and like the music is being injected directly through the person's eyes uh, they're transforming from inside getting like greenish uh, fluorescent color oozing out of them which is also the color that you know the title is written in so we have all that spooky metal um, element to it and you know I drew the sketch and I sent it to Gaia and Gaia was like super happy with it so it was like all right let's go let's do it uh, that way and we have what we have today cool very cool I love it 
I love it. <laughs> but like every every single artwork that you've done, like in any project that that we've been involved together, there has always been like amazing. And like I'm always like, what the hell? That is so cool. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I as your biggest fan. Any anytime you talk about art, she brings you up just like that. Um, yeah. One last question, just about the art before we, unless guy before we offers guy guy got more questions. No, I think I did the pretty cool. Pretty okay. <laughs> oh, you got to ask him the final question too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two more questions. One is about the art, and one one is about music. But the very first one about the art is so how long approximately does it usually take you to do an album cover like because it's always good because you got the aerial one i've seen i've seen gaia's i've seen ours i don't think i've and i don't think i've seen any other ones from you that, that are album covers but they're really a bunch of them. High, <laughs> high quality. How, how long does it usually take you to do an album cover um it's uh well at first, it took me a lot longer time than now because eventually yeah. you get better, you know, at your yeah. craft. So I would say now a cover album would take about 15 to 20 hours, but I'm talking wow. about like intense hours. So like 15 hours, that's many, many days because, you know, there's breaks. You cannot just be continuously straining your eyes on the screen. You have to, you know, get some... Uh, um, have a bit of a fresh look also on it. So, but the work, like the intense work is more like 15, 20 hours. Uh, of course, it depends on the, on the brief, like what's the concept, how complex uh, is it? And also is the band happy? Does the band want to add touches, uh, change stuff? That takes a lot of time actually. Mm -hmm. So, but overall it's not so bad. It's a lot less time than making music. For sure, by far, far, yeah. far. Yeah. But the process is um, is really fun. So yeah, I've been doing Gaia's work in like all the projects she's been implicated into, and I've also been doing. Uh, I also did the Sangin Glacialis uh, artworks for their two albums. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you could go check it out, Sangin Glacialis, and uh, Muriel, the Chrysalid project from Gaia way before. And mm -hmm. for solo project now, Gaia's uh, project. Um, yeah, another compilation as well. Cool. So roughly about 20 hours it takes you then. Okay. So now, I, you know what? I think we already asked you the earlier question, so I'm not going to ask it. So I'm going to hand the question over to Gaia for the final question. Okay. So um, this question, I'm pretty sure you already answered it, but I'm going to still ask you because this is your first time on the podcast so this is a very 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 important question are you ready yeah i think so <laughs> i think this, so this okay, hard. okay just ready okay so what is your favorite dinosaur <laughs> favorite dinosaur question yeah you asked me it when we did a live together yeah i don't remember, I don't remember what i said I hope I'm going to be consistent. Um, I'm going to go check after. <laughs> so I guess I would have to say it's hard. I'm not so much. Into, no, I am into dinosaurs, I guess, but I'm more into geologies rather than the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So which dinosaur? I don't know. 
it's so hard. I mean, we don't even know how they look like. I mean, uh, everybody assumes they look like lizards, but you know, maybe they all had colorful uh, feathers. Maybe they had, I don't know, a weird type of flesh, like human flesh, like flesh bags. I don't know, who knows? I mean, all that information is lost, you know, in time. Oh, it sounds so weird. Can you imagine there's just like people like naked people <laughs> which Can is like giant beige dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want them to be furry like a really giant yeah, dog that would be great like that would be really amazing but i would yeah. probably try to pet them and i would get killed so i don't know yeah not all of them are bad okay i think i have an idea i think i would go with an aquatic dino dinosaur like the huge whaley ones i don't know which one specifically but well, you, you can go with the Megalodon if you want. It's the giant yeah, that shark. One. That one. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's my favorite yeah. one. So, okay, cool. You're still my friend now. <laughs> so, um, do we have any more questions, Kaya? I do not. Okay, so before... I was just, I kind of realized that I, I kind of wanted to... Um, I'm going to take a sec because we've been talking about, like, Art for like so long, and like I have this album here. One of Jonathan's albums, or one of his art? Uh, well, I have all of it, but I have like his. Uh, I have his album here. Oh, nice! Yeah. Well, th that's the card, though. It's not the album, but uh, because we were talking about the artwork, so like, so people that are watching the video can actually see what it looks like. Okay, looks like that was that was my. Uh, <laughs> But before before we end off, though, guy, I want you to off your harp for a brief second, since uh, since I know you <laughs> throw it off. Jonathan, yeah, that's, that's, there you go. Wow, it's amazing! It, I can't believe how huge it is. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm five six, and like it's taller than me, so this is uh six feet. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, wow. I yeah, I still it's all a bit out of tune, and like after we're done with the podcast i'm gonna finish putting the last ring and i can finally play it <laughs> nice. wow. um so before we end up do you, do you have any final words jonathan that you want to say that anything that we didn't ask you that we should have asked you or anything you want to say um well thanks for inviting me to the podcast it's been really fun um so i'm really excited to see all that's gonna happen now that the album the compilation is launched that's coming out the 17th of September, right? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. Uh, I guess we're going to have many singles. How many are we going to have? Or is three. It just three? Three. <laughs> yeah, three. Thank okay. You. Awesome. Very cool. And I'm pretty sure yours. Sorry? I, th I said I'm pretty sure your song is one of them. I'm not positive on that, but I'm pretty sure that we decided yours was one of them. I'm not. Don't Ooh. quote me on Okay. So. <laughs> We, I, I will have to double check afterwards. It will be released in, in September. We will let people know. But um, off the top of my head, I think it is. But anyways, um, but thank you for coming on, Jonathan. So uh, your band camp is synesthema.bandcamp.com and your Instagram is the same handle, right? Synesthema? Yeah. S-Y-N-E-S-T-H-E-M-A. Okay. I'm also on Facebook, Spotify, um, YouTube. Um, what else did we say? Twitter. Like Twitter. Facebook. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter, yeah. thank you. Yeah, all, all the websites, always the same handle, Synestima. Uh, 
thank you for encouraging me if you like and subscribe and um, yeah thank you so much for having me it's been really fun to answer questions about the compilation and that song i'm really excited for the for the compilation to come out same here we're really so, happy to have you <laughs> so yeah, bye, thank you for bye. including me buy his album if you haven't if you haven't bought it yet it's called starlust again it's thinestema.bandcamp.com and go to the bandcamp for c squared um and pre-order the c squared underground music compilation uh you will be able to download the new single from gaia and Lindsay schoolcraft uh when you buy it i believe it gives it to you right away and with that i am ending the podcast If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.